This is episode 71 of the Prepper Website Podcast. Today's articles are, What's Good for Sunburn? Check out the best home remedies for sunburn. How to Treat a Painful Sprain on the Field. And How to Raise Chicks. How to Get Hens to Adopt Mail Order or Feed Store Chicks. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily aggregator of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey guys, before I get started, I wanted to share two things with you. The first thing is I've linked up with the good people over at Beyond Off Grid, and they had they created a documentary about our grid. And, and when we say grid, we're not they're not just talking about the electric grid. They're talking about everything that ties into to each other that uh, helps support. Uh, life on uh, you know on our in our country right in our nation and how fragile that is and so what I wanted to ask uh, out there is if you have uh, watched the the documentary beyond off grid would you come over to the prepper website podcast episode 71 and would you leave me a comment on what you thought of the documentary uh, I, I'm going to have my wife look at it and I'm going to also try to pull my kids kids in as well we're in full summer swing mode here uh, I'm going to try to get them to watch it and see what they think. And I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, you're going to know what I think. I want their opinions, you know, and I wanted to be able to share them with you a little bit later on. But also, if you have seen the movie, I want to, uh, I want to share what your thoughts were as well. If you'll leave that over on episode 71. And they're doing a special this week uh, for Memorial Day up until Wednesday. They have like 20% off. And so you can go and get their documentary and order it online uh, and then you know have it shipped to the house. But you can also um, buy the pass to be able to watch it online as well. And so you know one of the things that we do at home is you know I can connect my laptop to my um, to my TV and so we can watch it. That's how we'll we'll wind up watching it. Uh, and you could if you had that capabilities, definitely you can do that as well and you know share it out with uh, with your family, see what they think too. But uh, it's very, you know, to, just to get the online pass, it's only $8 with a sale. And, uh, you know, they've got the DVD out there that you can purchase as well. Uh, I'm, I've linked to it on Prepper website, but I'm going to link to it on episode 71 as well. And uh, I'm just curious, again, if you, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. If you have seen it, uh, I, I'd be very curious in what you thought of the, of the documentary. The second thing I wanted to talk about is starting Monday... Starting today, so if you're listening to, you know, you know, uh, I record the podcast the night before, so it's ready for your uh, your morning commute, right? Uh, and I know Monday's a holiday, but nevertheless, I know that there's still going to be some people out there working and on the roads. And so uh, putting that, up, getting this ready Sunday night, so if you happen to listen to it, download it. It's pretty amazing. I mean, as soon as I put it up, there's 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 automatic downloads. So some of you have automatic downloads. It starts downloading it. Uh, but uh, we're starting that giveaway. So a couple of weeks ago, I did a review of legacy, the Legacy Foods Mega Sample Pack and um, put that up on Ed That Matters. Uh, I think, I mean, it had a lot of hits over there, and a lot of people shared that one out. But the good people at Legacy have given me one of these uh, Mega Samplers to give away. And if you will go look at the picture, I've got I've got the the bucket the the mega sampler right next to a five gallon bucket from Home Depot, and you'll see how big this is. It's 183 servings 
Uh, it's 31 pounds and it's 41,000 calories total. Uh, they will send it to you. So if you win, it's going to be a raffle copter uh, giveaway. It just makes it so much easier. There's different things you can do several different ways to enter uh, and uh, you know get get points for that. And then uh, it's going to go for a week, and then it's going to go ahead and it shut down. A raffle cop copter will automatically tell me who the winner is. It'll pick somebody at random and let me know, and then I will contact that person uh, and let them know. Uh, that they've won and legacy will ship that out to you but definitely is something worth it so if you haven't been able to put any freeze-dried food away if you haven't been able to uh you know to build up your food storage like you want man this is a, a easy way to be able to do that so you're going to want to come check this out uh, like i said if, you, if you're hearing this podcast on sunday night uh, it's not going to be open yet, but on it should go midnight Monday uh, or Sunday night, Monday morning. It should kick on. It'll happen automatically, and you can go ahead and start uh, being a part of that. I will link to uh, the giveaway on uh, edthatmatters.com, and you can go enter over there. All right, so that's starting that's starting on Monday, and that'll go for a week. So I'll, I'll be talking about it a couple more times throughout the week. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Um, this first article comes to us from Common Sense Homesteading. Um, Lori does a great job over there, and he's got a great Facebook community as well. Summer's coming up. There's going to be a lot of sunburns uh, out there. Uh, some that you, you know, some that kids just don't pay attention and don't put any kind of block on at all, and then others that just really didn't want to get sunburned, but you did. And so uh, you, you know, there's some home remedies. People rather use home remedies than some of the other junk that you can buy. No telling what is truly in there uh, when you buy it at the store. Uh, so when you when you have a sunburn and how to relieve it, but these home remedies definitely uh, definitely work. And so there's ten of them here. Uh, you should probably put a, a couple of these in the back of your mind so you have them prepared if you ever need them. Right. So here we go. Let's get started. Um, these easy-to-use home remedies for sunburn will help bring relief from sunburn pain and speed healing from your face to your toes. Remember, sunburns are burned, so always be gentle to sunburned skin. If blisters appear, keep them clean and watch for any signs of infection. See note at bottom of post for when to see a doctor for sunburn. Most of the time, home sunburn treatments will take care of your symptoms, but be careful out there. Home remedy for sunburn number one, apple cider vinegar. Apple cider vinegar is one home remedy that comes up time and again, and sunburn treatment is no exception. It's the top sunburn remedy recommendation at Earth Clinic and the top recommendation in home remedies, what works. Some people use it straight. Some dilute it with lukewarm water. Straight vinegar may sting a little because of the acidic acid. Apply gently with a cotton ball or lay a soft washcloth soaked in the solution on the area. Apply on the hour as needed. Yes, you can use homemade apple cider vinegar. It just seems like apple cider vinegar, you can use it for anything, right? All right, number two. Uh, home remedy for sunburn number two is aloe vera. Aloe vera is a trusted skin soother and moisturizer and also acts as a herbal antibiotic. Long recommended as a treatment for burns from other sources and also helps sunburns. If you have an aloe plant, simply cl clip off the leaf and slice lengthwise to a to extract the gel and apply gently to the affected area. You could also juice the leaves if you have a juicer available. 
If you don't have an aloe vera plant, you can purchase aloe vera gel, but make sure to read the labels. Many brands have questionable ingredients such as artificial dyes and additives like urea. Aubrey Organic Aloe Vera has pretty short ingredient lists. Aloe Barbensens Aloe, Leaf Juice, Citrus Grandis Grapefruit Extract, Sympathus Tretagonoloba Guar or Gum, Tocopherol Vitamin E Organic, you can often find aloe products at health food stores. Man, a lot. It's a mouthful over there. Uh, so sorry if I butchered all that. The only downside of using aloe is that it forms a stiff, somewhat tacky coating on your skin. I prefer to use it for small areas that don't need to flex. A sunburned face or on the tip of your nose, for instance. Home remedy for sunburn number three. Oat straw and oatmeal. Oatmeal is another good sunburn treatment. Oatmeal baths are recommended for a variety of skin ailments, but can also be helpful to soothe internal pain and reduce stress. Oats are one of the herbs that Susan Weed discusses in Healing Wise, and she can't sing enough of their praises. You can use oat straw, dried green oat plant, oatmeal, or specialty products like Aveeno Bath Colloidal Oatmeal. To use oat straw for sunburn relief, make an oatmeal infusion by placing 2 ounces or 60 grams of dried plant in a 2 quarter liter jar and covering with bo cover with boiling water. Cover and allow to sit 4 hours or overnight. Strain out the plant material and add the liquid to your warm bath water. To use oatmeal, take about 2 handfuls of dried oatmeal, not cooked, any type is fine, and put it in an old sock. Wet thoroughly and squeeze the milky water from the oatmeal into your bath water. You can leave the sock in the tub with you and squeeze more liquid out as you soak. Soak is needed for sunburn relief. Home remedy for sunburn number four, honey. In the post, honey is medicine, prevent infection, kill bacteria, promote healing. Dr. Hubbard explains the healing action of honey. Honey seals in the good tissue fluid containing enzymes and proteins that promote healing. It provides nutrition to the tissue. Honey decreases inflammation and swelling in a yet unknown way. Again, as with aloe vera, honey is often recommended as a treatment for burns. It works well as we learned firsthand last spring when my husband burnt his hand on the tiller. There was about an inch long blister. When we applied honey, the pain and swelling decreased. He applied honey the first two days, after which the skin was mostly back to normal. Interestingly, when he changed the bandages to redress the wound, he found the honey dry, not tacky, under the bandage. He was afraid it was going to stick, but it didn't. Apparently, the moisture in the honey had been absorbed into the skin. The bandage was also dry. To apply honey on sunburn, you can dab the, home direct, the honey directly on smaller area or apply the honey to a bandage and apply the bandage to a larger area. Home remedy for sunburn number five, coconut oil. I use coconut oil as a sunblock and as an after-sun treatment. While it doesn't have a high SPF, it's been rated between 4 and 10, depending on the study, it allows a healthy amount of UV radiation to reach the skin and help to prevent free radical damage. Most of us are vitamin D deficient, and the best source of vitamin D is sunlight. Hybrid Rasta Mama has a great post on using natural oils as sun protectant. Back to sunburn. When I use coconut oil for sunburn, it has a very quickly soothed the burning and tightness of the skin. Coconut oil is very light, so it quickly absorbs by the, absorbed by the skin. It didn't seem to trap the heat at all. I've seen the comment made regarding using oils for sunburn treatment. 
The medium chain fatty acids in the oil can be absorbed topically and are used by our body for healing. Another Earth Clinic user reported using cocoa butter in a similar fashion. My favorite coconut oil is Nutivia. Home remedy for sunburn number six, milk. Moo juice is the sunburn cure of choice for some of the sunbaked. Maybe it's a Midwestern thing. I remember my mom bathing my shoulders with milk after a little too much sun at a nearby lake. We lived on a dairy farm, so that may have had something to do with the choice of treatment. It did help to soothe the burn, although I did smell a little like sour milk. Simply apply the milk gently to the affected area with a cotton ball or very soft cloth. Yogurt, sour cream, and kefir are also good options and may stay in place a little better than plain milk. Home remedy for summer number seven, baking soda. One Earth Clinic user recommends a paste of baking soda and water applied to sunburned areas and reapplied as needed when it dries out. You can also use a few tablespoons in a tepid bath and soak for 15 to 20 minutes. This wouldn't be my first choice as it might be too drying, but if you have nothing else on hand, I'd give it a go. Pat dry or air dry to avoid abrasion. Home remedy for sunburn number eight, lukewarm bath. A good soak all on its own can help rehydrate and cool the skin. Don't overdo it. 15 to 20 minutes is plenty. Adding skin soothers such as the oatmeal chamomile tea bags, five to eight per bath, or brew tea will help even more. To make a chamomile bath balm, fill a small cloth bag with a dried herb and hang it in the water flow as you are filling the tub. You can also purchase coconut oil soap with aloe vera and chamomile to combine several good sunburn treatments into one. Home remedy for sunburn number nine, essential oils. Lavender or chamomile essential oil diluted in a carrier oil such as jojoba or fractionized coconut oil. That's 20 drops of essential oil to 4, ounce, four ounces of carrier or oil may help speed healing. There is some discussion as to whether or not it's okay to apply oil on a fresh burn, so it may be best to use one of the other treatments first. Home remedy for sunburn number 10, plantain infused oil. I almost forgot this one until I was infusing a fresh batch from the garden. Common broadleaf plantain, plantago major, and narrow leaf plantain can be chopped up and infused in olive oil to make an olive to make an oil of salve that's great for skin irritations such as bug bites, bee, skins, bee stings, and sunburn. You can read about how to infuse plantain in olive oil in the post Grandma caught it, called it medicine leaf. Sunburn relief products. These links go directly to Amazon for easy purchase. So all the links that uh, was talked about in the article are here. You can go ahead and link to those. Or if, you, if you're interested in those, you can go ahead and, and link from there. I want to see a doctor for when to see a doctor for sunburn. From MayoClinic.org, please see a doctor for sunburn if the following symptoms apply. The sunburn is severe with blisters and covers a large portion of your body. The sunburn is accompanied by a high fever, headaches, severe pain, dehydration, confusion, nausea, or chills. Your, you've developed a skin infection indicated by swelling, pus, or red streaks leading from the blister or your sunburn doesn't respond to at-home care. I hope this post helps you helps you comfortable helps keep you comfortable and on the mend if you get too much sun this summer. If burns are severe, please see a trained health professional. All right, so uh, a bunch of good remedies here. Uh, some comments a lot of comments here that you can go check out. Uh, definitely you, you know, again, the apple cider vinegar 
um, is one of those that you want to uh, check out in aloe vera. I mean, I think any everybody should have aloe vera, and then aloe vera is very easy to. I mean, it just continues to multiply, and you can you know have little pots, save little pots, and then you know go ahead and and pull the pulp pups up and and replant them and give them out to people uh or you just keep replanting them and and uh getting them out there uh it's always good to have aloe vera plants around all right our next article comes to us from prepper's will and it's how to treat a painful sprain on on the field or maybe in the field Uh, so if you're out there hiking or you know you're out there and something happens here's some things to take in uh keep in mind all right so here we go Accidents always happen when you explore the great outdoors. Sometimes it's a common thing to hear a snap or crack when you push yourself. When people go over their ankle or twist their knee, medical aid is required. If there isn't a fracture and all you have to deal with is a sprain, here is what you need to do. Taking care of yourself when traveling through the wilderness is mandatory if you want to make it back home in one piece. You need to pace yourself and pay attention to every step you make. It takes just a split second to make a wrong move and injure oneself. When that happens and you hear that dreadful snap sound, you need to establish what you have to deal with. If the bone or joint is bent at a funny angle, you might require immediate evacuation. That same goes if the bone is puncturing through the skin or the limb is extremely swollen or deformed. In these cases, the patient will not be able to use it and require proper transportation to the hospital. However, if the limb looks normal, aside from some noticeable swelling, and the main issue is pain and weight-bearing, you may be dealing with a painful sprain or a less significant fracture. In this case, if you are safe and well-equipped, you could travel to the nearest populated area. One important thing to check is if the patient has blood flow and sensation to the affected limb. Do this by comparing the sensation and skin temperature between the injured limb and the non-injured one. In most cases, hikers with a sprain, sprain limb were able to partially weight bear through their knee or ankle. Even more, some managed to hobble or walk after 24 hours. How to treat painful sprain before evacuation. Sometimes the limb is grossly deformed and you need to take action before help arrives. Minimize movement until you are rescued by improvising a splint. Make sure that the limb is well padded and toes or fingers remain pink with normal sensation in them. In certain cases, the limb may be at a funny angle and people will attempt to restore it or put it in place. Make only a single attempt to straighten the limb, but only if the pain is bearable and there is no mechanical resistance. If that's the case, splint splint it in the position it's in. So just one little thing on that. Uh, I remember taking a, a bunch of youth to summer camp. And uh, one of the kids, you know, one of the kids tried to be cool and tried to do a backflip off the bleachers, landed on his arm, and it, you know, it looked like it was, it looked like it was sprained, it was swelling. One of the guys there said, you know, hey, uh, you know, I think I could just pull it and get it back into place, and I just didn't feel right about that. We so we went into town and, and got an X-ray, and yeah, it was dislocated, man. It was, it was pretty bad, and so it was a good thing that that person didn't yank on it because it could have. Uh, you know, done a lot more damage on that. So always something to continue. You always got to have to deal with that and you always have to weigh that. Um, you know, some people are just like, oh yeah, just pull it, pull it into place. It'll be good. I don't know. So you be careful with that. Uh, when waiting for help to arrive, make sure to stay in a safe location with an adequate shelter. Ration your supplies depending on how much time you have to wait. Learn about the rice principle on how to apply it. 
applying rice when dealing with a painful sprain. Rice stands for, stands for rest, ice, compression, and elevation, and is often used in conjunction with pain control. Here's how to correctly use rice when dealing with a painful sprain. R is for rest. The patient should sit down and keep weight off the injured limb for the next 24 hours. Limit your movement as much as possible and sit still. I is for ice. Depending on the time of year, you can use snow or ice on the swollen area. Use your socks to pack some ice or snow and apply it on the sprained limb. During the warm season, use cold water from a stream. Soak a towel or a t-shirt in a nearby stream and apply it on the swollen area. Do so every hour for 10 minutes to limit swelling and offer relief. Compression. C is for compression. Your first aid kit should include a crepe bandage. It will come in handy when you need to set a sprained ankle. If you don't have one, you could side, slide over a pair of socks a couple of sizes too small. When dealing with an injured knee, cut off the sock toes and pull it up around the knee. Make sure the improvised sock support isn't too tight. The toes should remain pink and the patient should feel pins and needles. Shouldn't feel pins and needles, I'm sorry. Um, e is for elevation. Sometimes the limb may require elevation and you need to improvise using the materials you have. A paracord is ideal to restrain the limb in a certain position. Try and keep the affected limb elevated above the heart if possible. This will help fluids and tissue swelling drain, swelling drain under the effect of gravity. Additionally, you should keep the patient uh, an anti-inflammatory Give the patient, I'm sorry, I, my eyes start getting blurry with some of this, the, the letters here. Uh, I guess I need to blow it up even more. Uh, additionally, you should give the patient an anti-inflammatory such as ibuprofen. Combine it with Tylenol or acetaminophen, but make sure your ibuprofen doesn't already contain one of the two. Take them regularly even if the pain reduces. A final word. When dealing with a pain sprain, painful sprain, the first 24 hours are perhaps the most critical ones. If cared properly for the patient, the patient should, not, should be able to move after those 24 hours. If he or she can't move on their own, it's time to consider evacuation again. On the ibuprofen and the, uh, the Tylenol thing, uh, the acetaminophen, um, I always heard that you're supposed to rotate it. I don't know about taking it or combining it, but uh, you know, rotate it. Yeah, as as you go, I don't know. I could be wrong on that one. Maybe uh, someone wanted to uh, comment on that. I will uh, gladly clear that up tomorrow. All right. So our last article comes to us from the survivalistblog.net, and I think I think having chickens is one of the things that everybody should. I think everybody should have them in their backyard. I think it should be automatic. Um, but I think everyone should experience it. I know not everybody can have them. Um, you know, we did it. We're in the suburbs over here, and we did it for a little while until uh, you know, we had something uh, get to them uh, over overnight, and uh, very very sad. But uh, I, I think everybody should have them. I mean, it's, it's great to be able to go out there and have those eggs. It, to me, it wasn't a lot of upkeep. Um, you know, we had them in uh, a coop. That uh, you could move around. Uh, didn't do a lot of moving around though, just because my yard, my backyard. I was always going to build like a chicken run. That's that was my goal. 
And uh, but I, I think everybody should have chickens. So this one, this article is specific that if you have chickens and you are introducing new chicks uh, for whatever reason because you have cold, uh, you know the you know your some of the chickens already or something has gotten to them and you need to or they've gotten old or whatever for whatever reason you're bringing in new chicks from uh you know a mail order or you know the feeds the feed store and how to introduce them so let's go ahead and start reading this one if you have ever raised day old chicks from the feed store or by mail order you know that it is a hassle you have to monitor them all the time check the temperature of the brooder, and in general, be their mommy until they're old enough to go in with the adult birds, not to mention heat lamps are notorious for fire starting. In contrast, the mother hen does all that and more. She keeps the chicks at a perfect temperature all the time, babysits them to perfection, teaches them how to find food and where to eat, and defends them aggressively against any threat, including other chickens. But what if you want to order certain chicken breeds without the hassle of having to raise the chicks? Is there another way? Yes, there is. You can have one of your broody hens adopt the store-bought chicks as her own and raise them with her own hatched-out eggs. It's not a guarantee that it will work every time, but I have had great success with this method and had broody hens take over as mommy today-old chicks from the store. This method takes a little work at first, but cuts down on me having to raise chicks for months apart from the adult flock. Pre-planning is key here, and be prepared that you may have to take the chicks back and raise them yourself if they are rejected. First, you will need a broody hen from your own flock that has been happily sitting on her eggs for at least 10 days. The 10 days will show you if she is serious about it. Try not to bother her or move her. It will upset her setting. Also, the best breeds I have found for adopting chicks are the calmer, less nervous breeds. So if you have several broody hens sitting, pick the one you have noticed are the calmest. Note, if you want a hen to adopt chicks that are not her own, she has to have gone broody first. If you put chicks into a coop with a bunch of adult chickens, they will be killed or harassed all the time. First, I do recommend that you try to get your broody hen into her own pen away from other chickens. Yes, I know I just said not to move her, and rarely does a broody hen choose a good spot. The best way I have found to move a broody hen without causing her to give up her nest is to wait the 10 days and then move her at night with all her eggs and some of the bedding material from her nest to a secure place. Having a good little area for her that is away from her flock Flock sisters keeps the other hens from coming in and pestering her. They will come in and lay eggs in her nest, thus mixing half-developed chicks with newly laid eggs. And also, once her chickens are once her chicks are with her, they will be safe from attack from adult chickens. She will get up for from the nest once a day to eat, drink, and defecate, and then hurry back to her nest. So provide food and water near her. So here is how to get a broody hen to take other chicks. First, the chicks you want to have adopted must be just hatched or very close to only a few days old. Not only does this make the hen more likely to take them, but when the chicks are too old, won't bond as easily with the hen and stay close to her protective body. If you are ordering chicks for this purpose, it is best to get a delivery date as close to your hen's eggs hatching date as possible. This is entirely doable in most hatcheries as they have the ability to ship chicks all the time from spring through fall. Wait until her own chicks have hatched, or at least a few have hatched out. It can take sometimes three days for all chicks to hatch from a clutch of eggs. 
So if she already has hatched out at least one chick, wait till well after dark before you approach her. She still might fuss, but will be much more likely to calm down right away. Approach the hen, hen as quietly as possible and try not to use any light. Slip the chicks one at a time under the hen. If she starts getting too upset, stop for a while. Move away and let, leave her be. Then try putting the rest under her after about an hour. Once you've got all the chicks under her, leave her be. She should be clucking to them softly and getting them under her body for warmth. Note, if a setting hen has a bunch of chicks that have hatched or she has adopted, running around she may abandon the rest of the eggs in the nest yet to hatch to follow and protect them. If that happens, you can brood them under another setting hen or the rest of the way, or if you have an incubator, use that to hatch them out. The second method. Let your hen sit on eggs until she is very close to hatch the hatch time and don't worry if she abandons the eggs she has been sitting on once she has live chicks to look after. Use the same method as above. The only difference is that once she has accepted the new chicks, take out the eggs she has been brooding and throw them away. I personally don't like this method because I don't like killing something that can live. The third method. You can graft chicks onto a broody hen that has only been setting a few weeks, but it's not as sure as letting her go the full 21 days. Follow the second method if you need to do this, such as your delivery date wasn't as close as needed or the broody hen you intended to use gave up sitting and you have to use a different girl who hasn't been sitting as long. After grafting, check, check on the mom and chicks the next morning at dawn. You will know if she has adopted them because she won't be attacking them and they will either be under her for warmth or close by scratching around for food. Make sure to have a chicken waterer and food available for them. Ch check on your little family as frequently as possible without upsetting the hen too much for the first few days. You need to watch for rejected chicks. This will be often, they will be often hiding in a corner so the hen won't peck them. If she rejects some or all the chicks, you will have to take them out and rear them yourself with a heat lamp. If you see the hen actively attacking the chicks, then get them out immediately. Chicks that are raised by hen have many advantages over those raised in a brooder. They learn how to find food, when to run for cover, can be put in with the adult flock much sooner, and are more likely to become good mothers themselves. All right, so a um, couple of... A couple of comments over there. You can go check those out uh, over there. All these articles have uh, have some good links that you want, want to check out. Uh, here on this one at the survivalistblog.net, um, there's links at the end, you know, uh, further reading that you might want to check, like How to Raise Chickens at Home, a step-by-step -step guide, and our experience in introducing chickens to our homestead. And uh, I, it's always good to have as much information as possible, but all these articles have really good uh, links that you're going to want to go check out. So that's it for episode 71. Uh, good way to start out the week. Hopefully this is uh, this podcast again is very beneficial to you. I haven't really heard from anyone that uh, putting the timestamp next to the articles has been a big benefit to you. So uh, that is a little bit extra work on me. And because I do this late at night, I'm you know I'd like to minimize that that type of thing. But if it is helping you, if it is something that that is you know um, th that is a blessing to you, you, come leave me a comment because you know that that'll cause me to want to do it a little bit more. If if I don't think it's really beneficial out there, I'm just trying to I guess I guess cut my time corners right. 
And uh, do appreciate that. I appreciate everyone's support of the podcast and then also a prepper website. You know, if you're looking for more, if, you, if you're new to preparedness or to prepper website, uh, maybe you're just coming and you're listening to the podcast and you ha- if you haven't visited prepperwebsite.com, that's really uh, an, a, the place where you want to go where we have a ton of articles there uh, that don't make it on the podcast. And so I do appreciate everyone who is supporting the podcast and Prepper website. You share out um, you know, our episodes and, and share out our websites. I really do appreciate that. Um, you know, that's, that's just a really big blessing for me. If you are looking to support Prepper website and the podcast a little bit more, um, you know, if you buy from Amazon, you are always, uh, I always welcome you to click on one of our Amazon links I have it on the sidebar of the podcast, and I have them all over Prepper website, and even on the other websites as well, Ed That Matters and, and different things over there. So you can always click on those podcasts, I mean, on those links to Amazon. And when you buy something from Amazon, it just it blesses us, you know, it gives us a little percentage there, um, and so it, that's always helpful. So if you if you do, that's something you want to do. Uh, definitely, I appreciate that. Uh, that goes a long way, and uh, just a little, a little bit more of a blessing. All right, so I think uh, that's it. Uh, appreciate again, like I said, I know I'm repeating myself. I appreciate everyone's uh, uh, coming and supporting Prepper website. So let me close out here. Hey, as always, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace. <laughs>